podcasts inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make the Elm City tick. Nothing ticks better than Pundit Friday, which are about to begin here in the WNHH studio with the number one pundits in the media universe. Pundits like the dairy-free goddess of our grassroots radio operation, the bell of our ball, and the critic of the theater, Babs <laughs> Rolls Ivy, host of Love Babs, Babs Love, Love, Love Babs Love Talk. We got the queen of quippery quintessence, Norma Rodriguez Reyes, publisher of La Voz Hispanic. Good morning. Hola. We got the. Uh, who else we got? Oh, yeah, we got the uh, flyest news hunter gatherer this side of Fleet Street. Star New Haven Independent <laughs> reporter Marquisha Ricks. Happy Friday, people. And the queen of, oh, we got the queen of Cripper ready. And we got, oh, WNHA station manager, Harry D. Donald Trump devotee, Harry Jost, the bravest man in New Haven. Harry. Harry, thanks for keeping us going every day. He's, he's fiddling with all the machines here. I'm trying to figure out, like, what's going on. And we got yesterday's yeoman and tomorrow's trendsetter the straight shooter from bermuda the mystical and metaphorical <laughs> man on the money the prince of pleasantries and punctuality Ooh. the sorcerer of scientific solution the blessed beatboxer of banksters and bacchanalians the just-in-time judge of jackals and japery the sentinel of serenity sincerity and salvation Guess the poobah of unparalleled political passion and perspicacity the Wizard of Wise Guy Waggery, the yeah. recognized ringleader of Risque Repartee, <laughs> the Daring Don of Dope Deliberation, the West Indian Whisperer of Wonk, yeah. Maximum Mixologist Joe Ugly. Yes, sir. The Joe Ugly Show in the morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's Good morning. Feeling mellow on our second December uh, Friday morning, but stuff's been going on in town. For instance, last night, mm -hmm. Hamden stole away three of New Haven's cops. With two more on the way. You know, everybody's stealing stuff from us. They're stealing teachers. Now it's police. And it's been kind of interesting. So this has been going on for years where suburbs lure New Haven cops. We pay to train them 60000 bucks, and they And then if they leave in their first two or three years, which a whole lot of people from a rookie class did recently, they have to pay a $4,000 penalty toward our 60000 that the department pays for them. Then they get paid ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 more a year to go to a suburb, which often has less crime, and they... Um, get to retire with their families covered under the health plan, not just themselves and a full, con uh, a full defined co uh, benefit plan rather than like a hybrid 401k. And so New Haven's been losing suburbs. What was new this week, folks, about Hamden is that Hamden specifically wants to diversify its police force. It's up to 10% African-American. They have 20% African-American in town and the chief there thinks that's actually a low ball number. He thinks it's getting bigger. Mm -hmm. So the five top scorers, in the test for the new positions were all black and Latina. Mm. Four African-American officers, one Latino. Of the five, four of them have been on the force less than five years in New Haven are quite good. This one guy, Kron Bryce, has been cop of the week three times in under five years. Marquisha, you wrote about him. Mm -hmm. And so they picked the first three last night. They think the other two will be going soon. What should New Haven do, folks? Or should we just say, fine, we train them and we're going to help the whole region have good cops. Um, we'll eat the $55,000 per cop or 60000 as a way to what has benefit been, the... Uh, what has been the appetite for, like, you know, you hate to penalize people because you want them to come onto the force. But at the same time, it is a cost to us to train people, right? It's, it's not free. And so... You know, I feel like it's, it has to be sort of like the military, like it's a signing bonus. If you don't commit to a certain amount of time, then you have to pay that money back. 
So the rule now or, is you pay four thousand dollars if you leave in the first three years. I don't think most are, are there forces paying that that money for them. They do it in a second. They're so you have, they, they can you raise the cost because the the, 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 the right that's like the make it cost prohibitive. So the suburbs say like you have to give me back half the cost of their training plus right. like their, half so of their first year salary. Or something. From, a, from an experienced cop who said <laughs> that he's hearing that some departments saying, "Hey, you didn't make our you, you applied for our department and you didn't make it this time, but you're good." Go to New Haven, get the training, let them pay for it, and then they have a good training. Oh, academy, no, come back. no, no. So, Marquis, no. so the point is that when they pay the 4000 that means we lose 56000 out of the 60000 Oh, no, no. And it's only for three years. So the people on this latest batch, are, except for one, is between three and five years, so they don't have to pay anything. So yeah, you brought up a good point. That is one thing people say. We should make it much, much, much more expensive. Other people say there are other issues at play. You know, we have a... Like other cities and towns, we have fiscal challenges. So we've lost millions of dollars we thought we had from the state this year. We're, we're negotiating a new contract with the police. So for years, people said, gee, I'd love to be able to retire 20, 20 years and have my pension based on my last few years when they give me all the overtime. So they changed all those rules for newer cops. And I was saying, look, you change the rules and they're still getting paid better than the private sector getting better benefits. They have to wait 25 years. They have, um, you know, but, 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 but. They say it's still not enough to get people to work here and the suburbs are, are eating our lunch. You know, and to think, I don't think the the cop himself should be penalized in any shape, form, or fashion. If you're a different, you know, another town decides that they want to persuade uh, officers to their area, <clears throat> pay for the, and they should scale it, pay for the, for the training. If it's been three years, there's a certain amount. Five years, another amount. Seven years, and after well, how do we that, keep our good cops? That's how we like. Keep like them. I look at if this batch. Pass, these are the people we want to be cops in New Haven. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, it's it's a tricky situation. I mean, because we don't have infinite money. Some people say, well, if people who want to be here will stay here. You could get more opportunities to do more diverse kind of work in New Haven because it's a bigger force, and we have special task forces more of them than other departments have with the feds. You learn how to do more stuff. It's a challenge. Some people love New Haven. <laughs> Anthony Campbell said one thing we could do is to give incentives, expand that kind of housing program. If you make it like Yale's program. If you want to buy a house in New Haven, you're a cop. We'll help you down payment. And, uh, well, don't they, they do that with the housing authority, or they were doing it with the housing were, yeah, authority. Yeah, some cops there live. Was, yeah, like, they still do it. Housing. Okay. They still so do it. So he's saying expand that so you buy your own house, and if you leave, you don't get the money. Um, also but do some police officers like the idea that when I leave work, I leave it here and I go live in Hamden or I live in any of the like surrounding yeah. towns and then I can feel like I'm not at work. Yeah. I mean, I see they don't have, some people say, well, you got to pay the cops more and benefits. We don't have the money. John Valleca, retired assistant chief was on the air here. His idea was go from 500 cops to 300. He said he thinks we don't need so many cops. He said that if you had 200 fewer cops, you'd be able to afford to pay the cops. You do have a competitive salary and retirement. I went back saying, well, that means you're no longer going to have walking beats because that's the labor intensive and that's the Do we have walking policing. beats anymore? Cause... We do, but the people, you know, he says we don't really, he says that it's a myth that's been sold basically by people like us saying, uh -oh. and Tony Harp, who wrote the program for community policing in, in 90, saying that walking beats are really important because you get to know your cop. You're solving problems before they start. They're walking around getting to know people rather than chasing crime after the fact. Vileka was saying that it's a joke. He says in practice, you don't really get to know the cop. If it's a good cop, that cop will get out of his car and walk sometimes anyway and get to know people. If it's a cop who isn't made that way, he or she will do what the guy in the car isn't so good doing. He'll kind of hang out at some store where he knows somebody or not treat people the right way anyway. 
and that he thinks we could be more efficient and just go back to cars. But that would, Tony Harp said, no way. He said, she said, we believe fundamentally that having cops out walking on the beat is a linchpin of community policing. Any thoughts on that, Norma? You know, um, as I'm thinking about this, when you really analyze the way in which police officers are recruited, they are not recruited on an on, uh, on a financial need basis. If you go to the university, your first year at the university, how much does it cost you to go to the university? And they only assist you if you have a financial need. Yet all of these police officers are getting free education without them, regardless of their income bracket. You're saying charge people and for the I academy? I believe that if they're going to be leaving, then they need to pay us back for all of the education and then more. Okay, and I'm going to stick with he said this question of can you reduce it by so many and have um, no more walking beats. She said, do we have walking beats? You know, you and I live in Westville. We've never seen a walking cop. Mm-mm. Now they probably it's have more Westville. Yeah, see them in and it's probably on the other side yeah. from the side of the, the, the neighborhood that we live on. And the other, I thought there was always an inherent problem with the walking beats is that while some people walk most of their career, most of them don't. So mm-hmm. they say it's good you walk your first year or two because you get to know people on the beat and you never forget that. But I don't think that means people get to know you. Like when I talk to everyday people, most people I don't think know who their walking beat cop is. I would actually argue for more walking beats, but have it get incentives like with teachers that you could be a big success without having to move up to an administration job if that's not your thing. If you're a good walking beat cop, and there have been some, Paul Bickey was one for 20 years, get the rewards. Like maybe what they're doing in these schools, you become a master teacher, make a little extra money teaching other people based on your expertise so that it's just like a reporter. A reporter's a great job. doesn't mean you have to be some you know stuffy editor sitting at a desk to be more of a success. If you're a great reporter... That's a great thing to do. And if you're a great walk and beat cop, so I would argue for actually having to be more of a long-term assignment, not for everybody. And that that and would be the Yeah, that maybe some policing. cops are just good at being, to Norma's point though, like you, when you come on to the job, they do explain to you what the salary is and how you, how it scales, right? Like it's, it's not a secret. It's not something that's a surprise. Like surprise, we trained you and now we don't pay you as much as, the, like it's pretty, we've reported, it's pretty much in, in, open available so piece of information so know. like i don't i don't under so that argument doesn't win me as far as you know that oh i mean we can we can argue that we need to pay all public servants more and i think that but the reality of that is at some point mm. we don't have enough money clear point blank until the off, period what if cut off but if you're saying that people oh they want to serve in new haven because there's more things to do and then after five years, they're tired of all those more things to do, is what you're saying. No, no, like, no, I'm saying is they come here, and they know the salary, like you say, and they also know that after three years, they can follow what their buddy did, and they can get a lot more money after having been trained here and made their bones here. We have to stop that. Like, that just doesn't make good sense. How do you sense. stop it? Because it's a free world. It's a free world. You can always quit, but you can't take our the money that we've right. invested in so you with you. So I got that. You. Everybody you seems can't. to think we have to up the penalty. In addition to that, what do you think and of the if idea it, of... And if you don't pass the penalty on to the cop, you pass it on to the other department. Like, somebody has to pay. They're like, we can't be it. him... The The fee is too low. That's why they're happy to pay it. If we if we say you have to... Somebody has to pay back half of what we've invested in you in the first five, three to five years. Madison would no, do it. Okay, but Madison... Every place in the state is not going to yeah. be able to do it. I got you. And then on top of that, what and you- yes, we should look for opportunities to pay them more and and find like if it's if what we're doing is not working, we need to 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 find a way to bridge that gap. It can't be just one thing or the other. So it what has do you think about greatly reducing the size of work? Because other people think I've heard other people say that cops. some people think you need more cops to keep a city safer. 
Do what do you think about cutting two hundred forty percent of the force and paying people more? I don't know. We've we've been at that level, right? Like there before we say, rec- oh no, there's not enough cops. But when we and, and this is what people are going to say. I don't think you can win this argument because you can't say that when we were at what like what three hundred and something police officers. If we if if we could correlate that to the time where we were at that number, was crime higher? Were right. they more successful? No. No. Well, Babs has been a police commissioner. Babs, you've heard this debate for 20 years, and it goes back and yeah. forth. How much to payment pensions? How many cops do we need? Do we need walking beats? We've had more or fewer. He brought back the walking beats in a big way in 2011, but as Marquisha points out, that's news to some people. What do you think? I mean, I, I see the cops walking because... I'm all over the place. So I see I see the cops primarily in the New Hallville area. I see I used to see them a great deal in Beaver Hill, but I'm not uh I see him in Beaver Hill. I see him in, I see I see him in Beaver Hill all the time. I see the cops on bikes. I mean this is I think Marquise is right. This is an argument that we can't win because I remember when it, it's all about how the citizens 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 feel safe. If they don't feel safe at 200 cops or whatever, then we, then we have to have the number at 300 or 500, whatever the number is, that people sort of feel like that's the level of, of, of safety that, that I, I want in my city. Can we afford to pay? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think hard decisions have to be made about what we do. I do like the incentive of saying to officers, um, maybe there's a housing program that we can create so that you can be a part of the community. I wonder if Yale can say, hey, you could be part of our program. But, you know, Marquisha said something else that I found really interesting that I hadn't thought about. Why do we identify cops as a special job? Because to some people, I say that's the most important job for government to keep you safe. Other people say every job in government is equally important. Because, Marquisha, weren't you saying before, if I understood you correctly, that in all these jobs we could say, yeah, we could pay people more to keep them. We could pay and other people know that's coming more. in. Well, I think I think we say nurses. that for police officers because they are the front line of everything in our community. So I, if I if somebody breaks into my house, I'm not calling my teacher. I'm calling the police department. If I'm on the street and I'm mugged, I'm not calling my pharmacist. I'm calling the police department. So so there is an extra layer of um of 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 uh, the, the the threat of loss of life is greater for police officers than I would say than teachers or. Or, or the guy who checks, you know, the parking meters. So, so I don't have a problem with that. I think, I think we have to sort of decide that we are going to take a hit on providing what we need necessary for this force because this is what makes our city safe. And, and, what, and, and then that's it. And what makes our city informed is Pundit Friday <laughs> on WNHH Radio, your home for community radio, one of the FM, live streamed at newhavenpendant.org. You're here, Pundit Friday, talking about the news of the week. Speaking of police... There's a new fellow who's going to be at Alder from uh, Ward 19. That includes the parts of New Hallville, parts of Dixwell, and part of Upper Prospects named Steve Winter. And he got arrested at one of this one of these cop in 19. Not recently. <laughs> in 2010, he was a Yale student. And Not the recently. cops were going out of their mind crazy raiding some bar downtown. And they p- pulled up all these college students having a party in a room. And they wouldn't let them take pictures and stole their phones and and his roommate was arrested. He was at Yale at the time. And he came and he asked a cop on the street, hey, you know my guy was arrested? And they arrested him for creating a disturbance. And he became part of a group looking for police reform, bar reforms, and other, fair and others. And back then they were pushing for a stronger civilian review board. Citizens who would be able to monitor what cops do independently. And uh, that eventually we had a whole city referendum that we're going to create a new one with teeth. And four years later, it's never happened so he says when he gets on, he's gonna he wants to be joining with us because we have ten new alders to try to get that over the goal line. His idea was how do we get over this dilemma that under law we can't give this body subpoena power. His idea was that there are other people who do have subpoena power, such as board of alders president. 
Let's make them part of the process so they can use that subpoena power on behalf of the review board and give the review board the actual ability to discipline cops. Any thoughts? Joe? Who, who's going to serve on this review board? It's going to be an exorbitant amount of time. A, a, an amount of time that's going to be like a job. And the minute that you cannot stay on top of all those paperwork and, and everything that... Reco- I, I was a police commissioner. I know how hard it is to sort of get to these meetings to sort of review these cases. And, and you know, you get these stacks of cases and you have to take... I mean, I I, I understand people's the feelings around it, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a job. And mm-hmm. I don't know anybody but retirees or, or, or whoever... It's going to be able to take the, it's 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 a ridiculous amount of time and energy and patience is required and, and patience and you, and you cannot be ruled by emotion and and once you get facts in front of you, what you thought going in will be di- very different than when you start processing you know, these kinds of things. You know who shows patience while he processes things is Joe Ugly, according to one of our <laughs> viewers. Alison Heimer writes in this guy in the bottom corner box. You could tell he has opinions that he's showing awesome restraint. Today. Today. <laughs> she wasn't watching Thank last you for week. The comma. <laughs> it's called understanding a warning. <laughs> There's no warning. There's no warning. No. So what do you think, Joe? No, I I have no opinion on it. I, really? I just have to look. <laughs> you, you just look opinionated. I just look opinionated. You know how to look smart. Okay. I'll just add that to, to that is I, I appreciate what Bab said about the amount of time that, that someone would have to serve to, to participate in a functioning civilian review board. But the reality is you all voted to do that, to have a civilian review board. So it's just because we're not doing it. Does, does it mean that, like at some point we, we need to have a civilian review board in any capacity because I know this at the end of a- the day, this, the residents of this community voted to have one. So be it a weak one or a strong one, they voted it, for a strong one. It, so that they need to get to getting. It's time to appoint some people to that board and let's go. And Winter said Newark figured out some of these questions that we've been struggling with. Like Absolutely. There are people serving. It might be retirees, but it's time to get to work. And Norma, could you get real close to the mic? Because we're having trouble hearing you. I think you. it's going to depend on who is on that civilian rebo- re- review board. Because I, I, I believe that there needs to be serious diversity in all kinds of ways. People of different segments need to be represented because we all have our prejudice. So if I'm prejudiced about something, then the other one needs to say, no, 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 no. This is how I see it. So that that way we can be fair and equitable. And there also has to be someone or some ones who can read the law. Like what what are what are the parameters with which we can do what we do? Like you you need all of those people. So we've spent how many years talking about four Four. We spent four years talking about a civilian review board and not four years appointing people to a well, civilian Babs review board. How hard it is to get people who are both qualified, as Marquisha says, and all the time. Some people have said we constitute the board of police commissioners rather than have two boards. They already have subpoena power. Make them into an effective, more independent civilian review board. What, what does is that, that board said about exactly? And what does that, that board say? Are those people that, willing to even do that? Are they willing to serve no, no, if that's change, their job now? Change who how we appoint them so there are some community appointments, some board all their appointments, not so, just mayor appointments. So, not, so make so make other people be able to appoint them. So not just the mayor. Have a greater variety of people appoint them and give them a mission. That they will hold <laughs> like public. Of like right now, anytime there's discipline, they go into executive session. You never understand why the police department has such a horrible, horrible record of holding its cops accountable because they don't tell you why at these police commission meetings. Mm-hmm. If they were more of a civilian review board with public handling of public complaints, we might find out why. Uh oh, you don't unplugged yourself. Just, just look at what Wait, you're not you're not on air yet. Oh. 
<laughs> okay, that's the comedy of errors. Well, remind people that you listen to Pundit Friday <laughs> on WNHH. No, you know what? Just look at what's happening right now with the Board of Education in terms of trying to come up with a superintendent of schools. I can see the same thing happening with the Civilian Review Board. So too much democracy, basically everyone voting uh, for everything and getting Because people think that that's what they want until they get it. What about Joe Ugly? You know, he's very thoughtful. He has a lot of opinions. Joe Ugly should be on that he's board. He's showing off some restraint. What do you think, Joe? Because Babs just took the word out of my mouth. <laughs> Harry <laughs> Joe said he oh, okay. You know, it's like people say that they want this, they want that until they... They, they got it. You said it. You said it right the first time, and that's what I started to say. It's all good. And everyone wants this stuff until they have to show up consistently. <laughs> And That's what I wrote. That's what those alders who have to go through those appointments, they're like, are you going to attend? Right. <laughs> that was their biggest question. You going you gonna to make the meetings? Okay, Do so you know you when know, the meetings happen? You know, change the gears a little bit. Marquisha Ricks was all over town this week as usual. And she went, uh, out, she went out to the Orange Street where Tony Harps had her re-election campaign. But it wasn't re-election campaign anymore. Tony Harp was there, but she wasn't looking for votes. What was going on? Why was that? Looking for shoppers. <laughs> oh, so what was this new message? So uh, from now until just before the Christmas holiday, um, there will be a holiday village. Is, at that, 163. is that where it is? It is. It's at oh, 160 okay. Orange Street, her old uh, campaign headquarters. I wish they would have said that in the flyer because I couldn't figure out where the hell it I, I was actually confused I when like, I first talked to him. I was like, oh, because the bus was saying get off at Orange and Chapel. I was like, why would I do that? Because <laughs> in my mind, Hall of Records, right? Like that's yeah, what my mind was. That's what I was thinking. Because I was like, oh, if it's going to be vendors, it's going to be a big space. But yeah. then I was like, 163. And you walk by the tour and like, can't even oh. see it. There's so many small storefronts there. You have all these restaurants. Restaurants and everything. Well, there's and there's also the scaffolding nearby yeah. because of um, Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. So, but they they are in there to um, from noon to six on Thursdays and Fridays leading How up many to because that's not a big space. It's it's not a big space, and I'm not certain that they're using the back because the back is actually a community yeah, size long. room, like they've oh, so, it, so it's it? a long space. This is space. a bazaar where local people who make local crafts are selling holiday presents for only twelve hours a week and not on the weekend, or what? <laughs> I don't know about the weekend. I should actually check that. <laughs> I mean, that Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. Somebody sent me the flyer. Okay, working. somebody sent you the flyer. Is it on Saturdays too? Let me, um, let me pull it up. I because I think there's actually another opportunity at. Um, I think there are a bunch of like little opportunities that the city's trying to create for vendors who don't have storefronts to be to able to sell their. Yeah, day. Catherine sent me this. Uh, okay. Sent me the flyer, and uh, it's I mean, every Thursday and Friday, right? It's uh, it's December seventh, eighth, fourteenth. The twenty first and the twenty second from noon till six. So you get one Saturday. The Saturday so Thursdays through Fridays, except for the Saturday before. Oh, you're right. It's just yeah, Thursday, it's Friday. just because Friday is so the twenty second. Why don't they want to get shoppers when they're shopping? I, well, I, I mean, sh- people shop on their lunch break, so, yeah, so people shop like right before they head home for work. Like if you're right downtown and you're in, if you work in any of those buildings right there in that vicinity, that's a place you could go pick up, you know, nice soaps, nice hand. I towels. wish it was on a Sunday because then it would yeah. have free parking. What is Joe Ugly thing? It's not a, I, I that's know, a it's big true. deal to it's me, Mark. It's somebody it is with a, a lot deal. of parking tickets. Parking you you on love Sunday. to go on downtown on Sundays. I could go park on Sunday and then walk around the corner and go to eat at um the beer collective. Yep. See how I'm thinking? You are. You, you, you are. You, you're putting it together. But yeah. I can I tell put Joe it Ugly together. has opinions. He's showing off some restraint. What, what do you think, Joe? <laughs> Joe's like, I don't care about any of these things. As long as they don't block my view. Oh, Joe Ugly, who lives right around the corner, could go pick up some gifts. Which I was just walking by coming from my home to here and I looked in there and I was like, Okay, so what's going on here? And I was trying to figure it out. They need a sign, right? No sign one and then they had everything covered with a red uh like red covers or something. So oh yeah. Well they on. don't want you to like so, look in and be like, Let me break this door open. So between, not open. No, no, but 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 
if they had some kind of signage or something to let you know oh, what time it'd be open. Because personally, I woke by. I thought it was going to be like a dinner or something or some kind of. <laughs> You know, something for the okay. Or, All right, City like, Hall. We need no, some so, signage. Yeah, so between the hours <laughs> and the location in a place that it's very, very hard to see and there's not that much foot traffic, they're kind of begging people not to buy local. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They have strong I foot think, traffic over there. I think what it is, it's just that. I also think you're like giving them a hard time because yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, these people don't have storefronts. They wouldn't be anywhere you'd know to go buy from but them. But I, I would like you know for them, them to have a storefront at Upper Chapel, right? Yeah, like more where visibility. Because it got to be some empty. Or Broadway. Or Broadway. But you know what? That'll force people to, to go yeah, to Orange Street. Obviously, she's doing it because she's got the space available. Right. It's all, and it's going to be free. Right. But, you know, one of those storefronts on Chapel Street is not going to be free. No, yeah, like, you know? you're going to have to run me some money. Yeah, and all of the folks from Chapel Street, all of the owners from Chapel Street yeah, are not going to like that very much. Like, let's be clear about yeah. that. And your points well I taken, think but you see the initiative, said. I think, is really well taken. And the first time you do something, exactly. it never really comes out really well until right. the next time you do it. Then people spread the word. I love that spirit. That's the holiday spirit. That look is. at the intention. I'm, great I'm intention. Go. It's a great intention. Better than nothing. But look what happens when you ugly walk by. That happens to me, too. When I walk on that block, I really don't notice stuff because they have awnings there and things are kind of scrunched together. It's just you don't see. And it's also a tight street, right? Like yeah. it also feels very like narrow. No, it, so feels, it feels tighter now, especially since the scuffling mm-hmm. uh, Trinity. You will miss it. But like I said, you know, I think it all boils down to no the marketing of it. Um, <laughs> parking could be a thing, but that's everything downtown. You could tell he has opinions and he was showing off some restraint. But that show ugly is waiting along with the rest a pundit Friday on WNHH Radio, your home for community radio on 3.5 FM live stream at New Haven Independent. Dot org. <laughs> I think it's more fun when he interrupts, so y'all might have to get used to it. <laughs> so, meanwhile, there's a big lot that everyone notices on Upper Chapel Street. It's between Park and Howe. It's next to what used to be an office building that's now apartments, two floors down from Barracuda. There's a great mural on the side of the wall there. And it's been empty since a fire burned the place down a decade and a half more ago. The city had a guy who was going to build there. He already made apartments next door. And he never built. And we have these uh, land agreements called land disposition agreements, LDA. We sell people property. They agree to build stuff. A lot of them didn't build because the recession came. So now we're saying we want you to go back and build under these old deals, but we want to change them a little bit. So Marquisha has been following one of these, which is on that lot in Chapel. Where the guy wanted to build 24 apartments, so they say, we'll still let you do it, even though it's been too long. No, he wanted to be build nine condos first. So first but he wants to amend it. But now to the build market has changed because no one can sell condos. And they wanted to have more housing, but they wanted to include four affordable units, meaning stuff you don't have to be rich to rent them. How did, how did that go? Um, it, it, it seems to be like the, the grand. So if, if anybody's been following this story, um, when I initially wrote about the city looking at ways to revive these these defunct land uh, disposition agreements, which is um, the the LCI board, which is kind of one of the first places in government or the second place in government because it goes to the land disposition committee. That's kind of an internal committee um, where city officials kind of look at it and alders have a first look at it before it goes to the LCI board and or Liberal Cities Initiative Board. Um, and the, some of the board members, particularly the chairman, like bulk, they were like, why, why would we do this? They like they didn't build when other people did build during the recession and like managed to get their thing built. Like, why are we giving these guys a pass? And so city officials kind of went back to the drawing board and said, you know, how do we how do we make this a thing that 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 people can feel good about having come together and created something that would be a benefit for 
the city as well as allowing these people to finally build something in this long vacant lot. And this is what they came up with. So I think they they that everybody involved kind of feels like this was a good government outcome. We have an issue where affordable housing is needed. People are going to argue affordable for whom. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, like it's it's almost across the street from the Duncan where we're having these conversations about SROs and um, affordable housing leaving downtown and that this these LDAs, these defunct LDAs, and there really aren't very many big projects, LDAs like that. They're about 16 defunct LDAs, but about three of them are big projects. And so two of them are in places where the value has significantly increased for the property where you could make the the own, the person who bought the land pay the difference to the city, but they've been paying taxes on their property over the years that they haven't built. They're, they're not like, it's not like they bought it and then abandoned it. So they've been, they've been doing their part in that respect to, to pay their taxes. So the city's like, you know, we, if once we subtract it all, we wouldn't have been getting that much in the first place if it, and then we'd have to go and resell it. And, and it's just more work for everybody. So they're like, we already got you involved. We want to keep you involved in this project. I think it's a win. How do we get it done? And I also like in general, this approach, the Hart administration's taken to weave affordable housing into larger market rate housing. And, you know, maybe... And they've really been trying it for as many look, deals that have been out the, there. The, the deal on the Hill just got the $5 million and they're going to build 110 apartments with 30-something affordable. I agree there's a legitimate question what affordable means. That has to do with the money <laughs> you're getting from either the state or federal government, what the rules are. But I think they're working on it. Absolutely. And and the, the beautiful thing about with with 1198 Chapel Street is that they actually don't need any state money. So to even to include these affordable rate housing um, at the 80% of area median income like they don't need they don't need to go to the state for that money they can still afford it afford this project with 24 units of apartments that's and retail a lot of space. units on that lot i guess they're, they're gonna be small apartments exactly oh, is this and you can't live there bab sorry there's no three thousand. Oh no i can't live there, there. Can't live <laughs> unless there. you're like can i get this whole floor up top? I, need, I need the whole floor and then <laughs> and then it'd be gentrification i'd be a gentrification vampire is this a building that's center there's of, no building well this is a, a lot. lot that's in the center of the block there mm-hmm I just Google mapped that. Heck no for no nine units. Are you kidding me? 24. I mean, I was for 24, 24. units. Nine, I can understand. Well, how is, how many stories up are they going to go? Um, oh, I can't remember. Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no. I know. It will not way. block your view. Hold on. I got a website. Uh, <laughs> Stop playing Oh, I forgot. Me. That's right. You got to make sure it doesn't block the 57 It will not. Like, view did your, no, you, you, it, <laughs> I don't think I it's, it won't be taller than the novella, I don't think. And the novella doesn't block your view. You'd be the only one out there with the sign. I'd be like, what is your issue with this? It's going to block my view. <laughs> Just so listeners don't know, Joe Ugly lives on the 92nd floor of 360 State Street. So his economic development priority is nothing should block that view. Nothing. For. So the other place New Haven's planning is Long Wharf. And people oh, yeah. have always been planning for Long Wharf. They say, gee, that's Does an asset. Does it exhaust you? You might get you locked out say, there on the water. As soon as they say something's an asset, you know that you're going to be on top of Ikea. <laughs> so we have all this land they think can be developed more. There's 352 <laughs> acres out there from the train tracks to Sergeant Drive and Long Wharf Nature Preserve and Hamilton and Water Streets. People, we've hired this fancy-dancy firm that uh, just did fancy, a $2 billion dollar project in Washington. Fancy. Is that Perkins their name, Fancy-dancy? It's not. AKA <laughs> Perkins <laughs> Eastman. You met these guys, Marquisha. What would you think? They unveiled them. They didn't tell us they what they were planning, us, they didn't but they tell said that they're going to do a plan because we got a state grant to look at how to redevelop Long Wharf and find out what we should put there. And there's some good questions there. Is do there we, housing going there? That's yeah, I don't know. Asking. I need 3,000 square feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, for instance, there's a lot of lots there outside of Sports Haven. There's a whole big lot there. You don't see many cars. In there's there the um, former Gateway campus. 
Right. Among words? Oh, yeah. Right, that's right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there are a lot but of infill CHCP was that one? No, Either way, it's still like an issue where the state owns that land oh, okay. and what are they going to do with it? They don't have, have the any IKEA money. The <laughs> Texas space there by the Pirelli building and stuff. Mm-hmm. I could, you could build some loft space there. And I then, was talking with yeah, um, with Steve Fontana and we we're like, we should, there should be like a rooftop, like some, like, you have to if you're gonna oh, oh, preserve oh, 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 oh. the. <laughs> no, it's not on a. It's not. It's on a building that already exists. Like if the Pirelli building, like since we're gonna keep it, even though people feel a way about the Pirelli building, like put like a rooftop restaurant on there, make it a, like a destination. Why isn't that something really true? I think because the building is like in really pretty like rough shape. Maybe like it's not in the best of shape and well, their environmental is issues. It's architecturally significant. Yeah, it's architecturally I'm not sure significant. I always feel preservation because I feel like if something's kind of ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have much use. If if it lasts long know, enough, people but, say, you know, but you're Paul, taking down history if you take out this so thing that's ugly has no use. One man's ugly is another man's beauty. So. It's true. That's true. That's, that's true. true. Like Temple Street Garage. Like I always thought that's the ugliest thing in the world. Oh, it is. And someone wrote a review in the t- in the Independent. All the brutalists saying, you know, everyone calls out brutalism and everything. But if you ever look at it lit up at night, it's a thing of beauty. And I did notice, I, I wasn't as high up as Joe Ugly, but I was driving by in the highway <laughs> when I was looking at it. And it, it gets transformed from this drab I mean, ugly know, let me tell you. concrete that you feel is going to fall on your head to this i think the ugliest piece. building is the nice of columbus oh yeah i think that's a horrible building i think one yeah. union rivals <laughs> i feel bad for the police well, on that road. About. we should like we should do something nice for them in terms of being in a building that is just ugly well every planner does seem to agree that the long-range vision for new haven is to tear down the police station do some kind Put of it on long there, war. and move the police mm. somewhere else move them over there give them a whole new you know, space give them a police complex mm. put a gym maybe they can share with life. the fbi or, and all those guys being the same building you know, one of the growing, mm, interesting. Uh, growing geographics in uh, in our country, period, is living underwater. And that is something that is really underwater? On, on the, the water. On the water. Oh, I thought you mean they going to be like fish living no. underwater. <laughs> on no. the, on the water. A, that's mm. a growing thing. You know, it, it's been expanding People for the love last the 30, water. 40 years. Yeah, I it's do. a big thing. It's really interesting, it's, though. It, it's very interesting. Yeah. And it's all great until the first hurricane hits. That's true. And we have to start. But we don't thinking, have that problem in, in, in our side, though. Trust me when I tell you I had to evacuate for Irene mm. and for Sandy. But on the long war side, uh, I don't think we well, worry. Well, to both, no. of, both of your points, this there's a resiliency component to this whole plan. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever they're talking about, like, is possibly to be built, whether it's residences or whatever, mm-hmm. it has to have a coastal resiliency component. So the city is already working on that through the Parks Department in terms of, like, riprap around certain parts of near mm-hmm. the near the water there and um, yeah. as they build a new boat house yeah. out there. And you know, I think what Joe's I'm, got a great point. So it's, it's part of that piece. society, even with resilient planning for what's there and planning to keep access to nature, I'm uh, concerned about what Joe correct. said. I don't know if we should be doing any building of Thank housing you. close to the water anymore. I think we need to start rethinking <laughs> it. For two months. Y'all just always killing my dream. But look, <laughs> look at climate change in North Carolina. No, no. no that's look what's happening in Florida. Look what's you know, happening with wildfires in up, Los Angeles. I was just going to say, this look at Miami. Stuff. When you start looking at Miami and you realize that people say, oh, you know, we were going to build these resilience. And all. Next thing you know, you had the Atlantic all into Miami. But you know what? You know, but to that, to that end, Joe, yes. I don't think people care about putting in the right kinds of um, stop gaps to prevent those kinds of things. True. I think we Great would be example. much it's more Houston. thoughtful. And, I and think so, but when it comes down to cost, people are going to cut costs, and if they don't cut costs, they're going to lobby to keep the costs down. That's just the way we operate. 
And that's why Houston had to go through what that they was just a great story on Houston. How they didn't even follow any they of their rules. How to protect but that's that. the, but they would but they would they they did it. But I don't think New Haven would fall into that trap. Oh my goodness! Do you think that? I don't think that's in twenty seconds is money to be made. Uh, as soon as you say, oh. and another thing that I would not like oh, is humble. if we have two New Havens, and that can easily happen. Well, we are, yeah, we, we can, do no, but it, <laughs> then we'll have three. We, have, we, we do, but then we'll have four. We don't need an extra one. Is my point. Because from the minute we put, it, it already the only connection to that is 34 or Church Street South connection. And if you put that separation between the, look at South, um, excuse me, South Stanford, not yeah. Norwalk, South Stanford right now. That's all flooded by New Yorkers who came in. There are, you know, some wealthy people and they do not look at the rest of the city. They don't look at the other parts that, they look at that as them. So Stanford says, well, take that tax revenue. That's fine. Right. And I, it, once it becomes that, I don't want to see two parts. It, there's two things. There's social issues for me, and then there's uh, climate issues. Those are the two that I have. Those, and the third. I guess you, I got to move to 360. Oh, yes, Chapel. Yes. <laughs> I need three three apartments. Until the winds start one. coming up on the 97th floor. You can tell <laughs> me <laughs> If you guys want to see what water does to a structure, oh, absolutely, I know. You need to go to oh. Harbor Close. That's the kind mm. right that's now. Yes. The monies that are being, oh, yeah. there are constant. They're no. foreclosing a lot Those of properties. Those are condos where you live, Norma. Can right. no longer afford water. to live there. You know, because at one bad. time that those condos oh, were considered, yes. you know. Like uh, our older woman likes to say, she thought that the people that lived there were in nirvana until mm -hmm. she went knocking on doors and she saw the how messed up for 30 right. years corrosion has taken yep. place yep. you have to and that salt water is a it's a big time and it's every time bad. there's a, a a warning a, a, every time there's a hurricane or anything yep. we we lose light we lose mm -hmm. power yep. every time and structurally normally in the saying hill where my mother lives okay she okay. never, never loses, loses anything okay so normally you also said structurally that you guys are paying obscene amounts of money for buildings that are falling apart mm -hmm. aren't you like a co-op or something and 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 that is that because you're close to the water of course yes definitely of the so corrosion the of the salt yeah, exactly look it's when you really lifting on that stuff that. my automobile my car my brakes went more often whenever out on the water because you have the sand that's blowing up and as you start driving it grinds through these are all the little things that you don't pay attention to because it's all beautiful. Oh, it looks great. Oh, going down that road and, you know, we're out on the peninsula. Going down that road was just a beautiful, oh, relax, left the world behind. Guess what? You didn't because the first problem that comes up with nature, you got to deal with it. You got to face it. And it don't, nature is a furious Well, is Babs right that we're being spoiled sports? We should just deal with it and plan for it and do and it that's right? That's true. We all with Babs. Let's I mean, no, I, I think at some point we... We can't ignore the elements of things. We can't ignore the elements, the weather, and, and all of those kinds of things. So we have to look at what do other coastal places do that do it successfully? Move. Even if you look around Move. the country. I think no, all those don't. people in Japan They're haven't moved. No, 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 no. And we're going to be bailing And then the flood insurance. They are. It's unbelievable. They don't have a choice in those, in those areas of Japan. They don't have a choice. But when you're looking at... We have choices of where we can live here because we're not that populated. We should pay attention to it and realize, look, we cannot keep building in these areas that eventually going to be problems. Not, 
Because if we're planning on handing off to our kids, our grandkids, any form of wealth, then we're not really going to do that. We gotta Is there really home. any place in America, though, that you could move where you, Absolutely. I mean, you're trading but one, you know one no, natural right. disaster for another. California's right on fire right, right now. On our street and on Lloyd Street. Mm -hmm. Do you know that there was an insurance company that refused to give me insurance? Because Lloyd what they're street. doing is they're looking at the, the old, old, yep, the old, the old and the, yep. because at that time, there was mm -hmm. one time when all of that was water a and they filled it. A great Absolutely. example. Right. A great example is in some parts of town where they had to elevate the homes for, I think it was something like minimum of nine feet. You had to put them up on stilts. A lot of the homes went up on stilts after Irene hit. Because Irene went through some people's living room and went out the kitchen. I mean, it was brutal. It just destroyed homes. But you know, normally those insurance companies might be onto something. Maybe we're going to be returning and look at where those floodplains are. Mm -hmm. They are redrawing the floodplain maps for the city of New Haven, saying that a lot more of the city is, is, in a flood is vulnerable mm -hmm. to flood mm -hmm. than we thought. And you're right. We're going to have to plan for something. But I think Bar Babs is right. We shouldn't just assume we won't follow rules and, and you know, we could do some smart planning. But I think Joe has a point, too. It makes me wonder about... Um, about whether we should not be thinking of housing on the water there. I think as long as people can buy property on the water, there's oh, going to be housing on the water. <laughs> but then we're going to bail them out just like we're bailing out exactly. all the rich people that bought right. these expensive coastal homes uh, in all these Apparently bailing out rich people is the American way. <laughs> <laughs> but I Make America great again, right? <laughs> Where's Dross? <laughs> well, the you know so way that's, that's what we do. You know, you know Marquisha, you are so right. You know what? <laughs> Who am I to the American people that? have food written on our foreheads. <laughs> like, wait. Have okay. what, what on our foreheads? Mm -hmm. Food. <laughs> that's, that's a very black say. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I made pundits blackity black black. <laughs> what you got next, Paul? <laughs> I'm reminding people that we're listening to Pundit Friday at WNHH, your home for community radio, 102.5 FM. Live stream at newhavenindependent.org. I do think we have food written on our foreheads with that tax plan, but that... At the risk of bringing Harry into a Trump discussion. <laughs> so I was like, what you got next, Paul? Like, what what you got next? Let me start getting myself ready to wash, bring in wash, oh, wow, cook for people. To go, to get right. <laughs> be taking in, in children and I things. Yes, I got to start cleaning Miss Ann's house because that's about the only. <laughs> and then we'll all and be transported be to Native side. Nobody knows <laughs> the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. Right? <laughs> Al Franken, Democrat, is stepping oh, down because oh, oh. he propositioned people and, and did really obnoxious Them think the Republicans care one John way. Conyers they, or that the American people will ultimately care Democrat and vote for them. What they about to elect about a pedophile. <laughs> what do you guys think about the fact that Al Franken and John Conyers are stepping down? Donald Trump is still the president of the United States and he's endorsing Roy Moore, Tonight. both of whom have either been admitted or mm -hmm. widely accused of much worse <laughs> mm -hmm. offenses toward women. What do we take from that? I think, <laughs> I honestly think that Harry's uncharacteristically I, I silent see on this uh, Kirsten Gillibrand from New York, the, uh, the U.S. Senator from New York, uh, said that it's, it's her moment. all or nothing mentality, that we must have that, all or nothing, is everything must go. And if we do that, we're going to end up with a house so divided, one. And a lot of people, great, great example is Al Franken. The first accusation that came out against him, he addressed, he apologized. He said, the second one, he said, I just embraced this woman. 
The third and fourth and fifth were just anonymous. These people weren't even, they didn't even come out and give out their names. They didn't create, that's why he said, let's go to a Senate. Uh, he was willing to go in front of a Senate um, ethics committee to, to deal with this. There is no way in this country should we lump an accusation of embracing that was felt uncomfortable with someone or even a, even a, a, a kiss on the cheek or whatever to someone being a pedophile or rapist. We should not just lump that. And with Kirsten Gillibrand from New York and the rest of them, the other 35 Democrats, to include my U.S. senator, who thought it was a good idea to go after Al Franklin the way it is, you're going to feel it at the polls. There's, this is just going to create its own backlash. That's all I can say. We, look, what I'm saying I know is not the most popular thing. I know people want to hear, but... But aren't you glad that what was acceptable two months ago is no longer acceptable and people in power are having consequences? I think men behaving badly or anyone behaving badly should be addressed, Paul. I have no problems with that. But when we go into this system of where we say there is now scale on this, where we look at it and say, hey, you know what? It's all, you did something. Like right now you have um, Harold Ford Jr. from Tennessee, the former uh, congressman from Tennessee. He just lost his job from Morgan Stanley because a woman accused him of something with no proof. I bring you back. Oh, I, I beg to differ. I think I they did you an invest they did an investigation. I'm now what saying, what they what they've not they done? Do an what, well, they did. Horrible, they did some horrible. investigation and they, enough of investigation where they felt like that that he was out of line. Here's what happened. This and is you what can they be fired did. for less. He was inside. He was at a bar. From what I understood, and I read through the story this morning, he was at a bar, and he was he was talking with this woman or such. That is still that that was still. The, the and she turned still, over all the emails of that, him consistently emailing her, asking her out, but and you, being. And once she said, "Stop emailing me," yeah, that's when it should have stopped. But there was no stop emailing me. There was just a turnover of emails. That's what that was. So there could be, I've actually seen. She where did send an email over. saying, please I've stop emailing seen, me. I've actually seen text and emails where one side of the conversations were deleted. Marquisha, what do you so think about the new. those things needed to be addressed. The and way that's lines, why he's suing up for wrongful termination. What do you think, Marquisha, about the way lines are being drawn now in politics and entertainment and media? I feel like there's there's so many things to unpack. <laughs> that's just what I'm saying. Like, I'm sorry, Marquisha, but I just have to interject. May 31st, May 31st, to 1921, a woman got into an elevator, a woman said that she was in an elevator and she was, uh, the, she was harassed by a black man and a whole, not only people die, buildings were blown up and Economy, a whole economy was destroyed. But it's that's a separate issue. Over. That's about it's the under. That's an issue of the underpinnings. Of, wait, but the underpinnings of racism in this country are based of of fears of I'm male sexuality, it on, uh, accusation black male sexuality. without without okay. any. Narkisha, where are you waiting on this? I, I'm trying to get back to the original because. So it looks like on one level, you could argue that the Democrats have said we're going to take a moral stance. We've had people accused; they're resigning, stepping down, whatever's happening. We don't know if that's a we're trying to differentiate differentiate ourselves from Republicans who are having the same issues and right. not necessarily. And how does that play? Do, are the American people going to care at the end of the I day? I think Roy Moore is going to get elected. No, 
more, Paul, more important. I have some people really in Alabama think, who might agree with you. <laughs> Paul, do you really and truly think that they would have asked Al Franklin to resign if there was a Republican governor in Minnesota? Not in a million years. And a great wow. example of that is I New Jersey. New Jersey. Let's look at New Jersey right now. We still have Bob Hernandez, who's federally, he's Hernandez. under federal indictment right now. And he's accepted back into the, into the Senate. Okay, we could go on. They and on love and on. bribing and stealing money. Exactly, but no, they exactly. But not they stealing other things. They embraced this guy and brought him back in. I I love Bob Menendez. I like him for what he said. I think those charges against him is trumped up in the first place. However, you got to let the system go through. All right, all right. They ended in a hung jury for a reason. That's true. Okay, and and um, I agree with One jo- I agree with a- Joe here. You know, oh. for some reason, I don't know why. Oh, but because um, it's true. And but you're right. They wouldn't have asked um, Franken to to step down, right? Because it is a political move. It is a political. And I've been saying this. Actually, I predicted this when the Weinstein and everything happened. I said Firestone. I said, watch. (laughs) It's gonna. The Democrats are gonna try to use all of. Their people and them coming out against them. I'm not in this conversation because Trump. you know they're not talking to women. I, I these are these going, are white men and black men talking about issues that you know that concerns that, us as that, well. That, that concerns you, but, 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 but it only concerns you because you feel concerned that some woman might accuse you. Not that oh. like you care that women so are actually being abused. Abused. But there's and that. If a, and it doesn't matter if a woman. Yeah, and and here we go with the d- degrees of what we consider acceptable. So if you put your hands on me and I say file, that's not enough. But you could push me down and rape me, and that's a bigger deal. And oh, no. if and if you can't expose me, if you can't like critically can't examine prove. me and take every part of my life apart Babs. to justify whether or not you were right or wrong, I'm just saying, Babs. If someone embraces you and you feel uncomfortable and you say, Hey, you know what? I- I'm uncomfortable here. It is that person's responsibility to be an adult, a be responsible, period, and say, I apologize. I did not mean to do it if they, if that is sincerely what they did. However, if somebody starts groping you and touching you, that's a, an assault. Joe, that's you know all these people in power are skanky and that's they get high order pushing women around and I humiliating them. I have a problem with people who do anything negative to a woman. I have a problem, accidental or not. I'm just saying the charges brought against the person needs to be very careful about. We just can't jump in and say, hey, you know what? Boom, you should lose your job. You should lose your livelihood because this is what you came. You, no, Norma? I, I, you know, I think we have evolved through times. For instance, during slavery, look at what the masters used to do to the women slaves. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think there's been so much stuff going on that was at that time permissible or mm-hmm. allowed. Mm-hmm. But as the times have gone by, you allow less and less, especially when the women have become more vocal. Mm-hmm. And I was swayed by the argument uh, because I have seen... In my in my daily living, I have seen how some women have abused and have falsely accused. But like I was told and explained that that's just a very minority of the case. It is. In reality, the men have abused women. And if they did it, then you know what? I guess now we need to figure out what is it? How do they pay for what they did? Is um, they leaving their jobs? resigning or being fired is that the way you pay for what you did or is there a time when they can say okay i did it at that time you know i was at a different stage in my life but now i've seen the light now i'm not See, the pro- i don't do the, it anymore i've changed the problem is, i've Norma, changed is that 
There is, there's so many people now, women out there saying, well, who cares if some of them are lying? You know, I, I've not heard that. I have not heard that. I have not heard that. I have, I have not heard that anywhere. Who cares if some of them are lying? What, what, what does that have to do with this conversation? Okay. The majority of the women are not. I, see, this, but, is, the, this but, is the crap but, that I do not take or, or but the accept. Thing is, no, but the thing and is, this, Franken, and you know what? I, I didn't get my point. Across. Say Wait. your point. But if Franken didn't do some of those things, if he didn't do the third, fourth, and fifth one, why should he pay for it? Say Babs, then we're gonna take it out. No, I, I, I have nothing else to say no, about this. You down. No, you no, I say? don't. I don't have anything else. To say no, about you were talking. About I do not have anything okay. else to Sorry. say about this. <laughs> but let me ask Sorry. a question: Sorry. Should someone honestly, because when this goes on your record as you were, you, you were fired for because for sexual harassment. That blocks all your future employment. Why are we always worried about men's futures? We're never worried about women's futures. We're never worried about women's futures. We're not worried about the women who've lost their jobs, who've lost their careers because they told. We're never worried about them. We're never worried about them, Joe. You personally worry about them. Men collectively don't. We always want to talk, oh, what about that young boy's future? How many people have gotten out of jail? How many people have been convicted of rape? Convicted and only spent six months in jail. What? No. No. Last word. Nah. Thank you, Marquisha Ricks. <laughs> Thank Rose you, Parks. everyone, nah. for Pundit Adi for joining us on Dateline New Haven. Thanks to the best pundits in the PD universe. Babs Rolls Ivy, Marquisha Ricks, No Rodriguez Reyes, Harry Joseph, and Joe Ugly. It's eleven fifty five. We're gonna take it out. No, with the no, Afro Semitic no, experience. I want it. <laughs> and is it is it not funny though that men have like even though men do need to have this conversation, but what is it? A, it's a conversation about protecting. Yes. No. We're gonna take it out with the Afro Semitic experience performing. I wish I knew how it feel to be free. From the group CD, a plea for peace. Now we all know what it's like to be free. We just gotta remember to book our flight. Book it and fly free with us all weekend long here at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.